Hello, hello, and welcome back to Down the Yellow Brick Pod and a happy holiday season. If you are looking to treat the Oz fan in your life or your own inner child, venture on over to our Etsy swag shop at etsy.com slash shop slash down the YBP, where we just dropped our new wintry designs, including a feminists and pets of Oz line, along with an Ozaturgy dictionary definition design for all folks like us who wish this was their major in college. Consider shopping small and supporting independent artists in your purchases this holiday season. It matters immensely. Also, it's not too late to enter our end of the season giveaway. Entries are open until Sunday, December 19th. Enter by submitting an Apple podcast rate and review for one entry or joining our Patreon pod squad for 10 entries at any tier. Bonus entries may be earned by followers of the IG. Keep an eye out. Giveaway includes Oz collectibles and new trinkets and treasures repping our season of musical adaptations and treasures by fellow independent artists. We hope the winner is you. Hello, friend. You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome! Welcome to an icy, dicey time today. Icy December day. Ooh, and a little trip to, across the border, to blame Canada. That's what I think of every time. Canada. Do you know what I just sang? No, what is that? That's South Park the Musical. Oh, I didn't know that you knew. I didn't know that was another passion of yours. I was into South Park in the... Like really? early aughts, I would say. That's like so when funny. they were the big. Early aughts. And then I, you know, I, I fade it from my life. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of this. Uh, yeah, blame Canada. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to Canada today. And Woo! we're going to hit the ice. We're going to hit the ice. Do you have your blades ready? Mm-hmm. They're sharpened. <laughs> They're very sharp. I'm so excited. I've but actually been waiting for this moment for like a long before time. Before your dreams come true. Oh, no. Okay. I have to add some things. Tell us. From 
Get it right, Jewel Tara and MK? No, it's not Get It Right, Tara and MK. It's just more information. Just more additional. That we need to talk about. Okay. In this moment. Please tell us. Revolving around the Jewel concert. <gasps> the Jewel concert. So I decided to take every one of our bomb bugles off the of shelf. Which we have many. Since we have a lot and they're just kind of collected from rando experiences. <laughs> where if we if either of us go to like a book shop that's used, we'll look and see if they have bomb bugles for a dollar. And then we'll purchase some, There they are. We'll purchase ones that we flip through that we see, oh, they have stuff that we might need. I mean all of them are valuable. Yes. But you know, I think if we owned all the bomb bugles, that would be a lot. It would be filling the whole Correct. Wall. There's so many bomb bugles. Yes. But One day. again, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Bomb Bugle is the literary magazine of the International Wizard of Wizard Oz, of Oz Club. Club. So it's pretty cool. And so this good. one I remembered, and I'm I'm like, why right. didn't you think to presence this when we were in the Jewel concert? But I remembered in a 2020 edition, this was the spring 2020, the one where it says the future is now on the cover, and it has the Broadway project, the Broadway Oz project on the cover featuring Laura Osnes and friends. Um, this article, there was an article in here called 25 Years Later, Celebrating the Wizard of Oz in Concert by Christina Moffa. So, hey, Christina, thank you for here writing this. Because she reached out to some folks involved in the production and got some things that we had questions about. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited this about great. this. Yeah, this is wonderful. You're going to get your mind blown. Okay. She reached out to the musical producer and conductor, Keith Levinson, and he responded to her emails. Amazing. Um, and he said in the article, the entire show is rehearsed from soup to nuts in less than a week. Soup to nuts! The only people who rehearsed prior to that were the Harlem Boys Choir and Jewel. He okay. described her voice as winsome and flowing. And he remembered that Jewel was very nervous. Or it doesn't say very, it just says nervous. I added very. <laughs> very. Saw, she saw red. But the yep. rehearsal went well and she certainly knew her stuff. Um, so he said that about her, and he said to rehearse with the Harlem Boys Choir, he had traveled to Harlem once a week for three weeks and worked under Dr. Walter Turnbull. Okay. So there was a bit of, I think, a, a little bit of a um, little friction at the beginning of those rehearsals. Mm. He is quoted here saying, Keith Levinson saying, he was an imposing figure about Dr. Walter Turnbull. It took a little time to explain that the boys were going to play Munchkins. I think I remember a little resistance to that, but in the end, hmm. I wound up loving them and they, me, their spirit was infectious and the crowd was pleased. Now, here's where we get into some cool things. He also shares some casting that did not happen <gasps> that we had questions about. This is for. what we were like, I wonder who, who right? Else was considered? It wasn't supposed to be Nathan Lane. What? Who was it? You're going to die. Ready? Who was it? Who was it? Whoopi Goldberg. What? Or Jeffrey Holder. What? Mm-hmm. Or Titus Levy, who I don't know who that don't is. I don't know who that is. Um, but Whoopi. Whoopi and Jeffrey Holder. I was like, crazy. Um, I would pay to see Whoopi For all of you as a lion. are being like, oh, I know the name Jeffrey, Jeffrey Holder. Holder. If you've been following our Wiz series, Jeffrey Holder what a weird connection. is the original director and costume designer of the Broadway production of The Wiz. Yes. Unbelievable. So they, what? Yeah, okay. That's wild. I also, love it. Also, before Jackson Brown, Sting, <gasps> Sting, Elvis Costello. Yes, I could see that. And James Taylor were being considered. Please. Love before it. Lucy Arne- Arnez, mm-hmm. Sissy Spacek was supposed to do, but she was a last minute replacement. She All actually right. also responded to Christina's emails when she reached on yes. out. She said she was honored to be a part of the magnificent cast, and she said her favorite memory was sharing my dressing room with the, the incomparable Phoebe Snow. 
We Aww. discovered we had the same birthday, many of the same spiritual beliefs, oh, wow. and a wicked sense of humor. We became <laughs> lifetime friends. Wicked. A lifetime friends from, from this concert. From that one night thing? Oh, my God. And she said, sadly, Snow, who sang a beautiful mid-show medley, If I Only Had a Brain, Heart, The Nerve, passed away in 2011. Arnez mm. said that she misses her all the time. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful. Thank you, Christina, for yes. doing this article. It is... Oh my gosh, how cool. These are like the little gaps that we wanted to fill in. And then this is fantastic. This I'm so glad because I remember reading this a while back, but you know, like you store it's hard certain to information. Piece together where it was. Yeah, of course. And we weren't here yet at this concert, right. like in like, you know, retaining right. land Info. yet. <laughs> yes. yes, this was early enough. But journey. I love that we got to know a little bit more about some casting choices. Whoopee. Through Whoopee. the musical producer and conductor Keith Levinson and a little bit through Lucy Arnaz. Beautiful. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for bringing that up. Last but not least, there's another Beagle. article I found. We're going back in time now. So I want you to guess which thing, <gasps> which one you think this is. Okay. Don't look. Okay? I'm not looking. Okay. I'm looking away. Okay. I'm in the year 1989. Okay. It is spring 1989 to be exact. Volume 33, number one, the bomb bugle. Okay. What article do you think I found in here about something we recently talked about? 89 Arena Tour. Is it something about that? It's serious. Okay. Ah! Um, a few cool things in here, too. Um, okay, so this article was written <gasps> by Barbara Arnstein. Oh my it's gosh, called look. Stage Wizard Kicks Off National Tour at Radio City Music Yes. Hall. Something she notes here. I'm just going to pull out what I found to be fascinating that we did not comment on. Okay. Bob Schiffer, who was a makeup artist who worked on the 1939 movie, recreated the original <gasps> makeup appliances for this show. I think that is something very much That's worth a big deal. Noting. Also, she talks, she kind of reviews the whole entire performance, love it, which love is it. wonderful. I'm here and for she it. has some, you know, she has some gripes with it, which I think I would have the same gripes That's as normal. her, but also really enjoyed it as well. Um, in this show, the poppy field is represented by dancers in poppy costumes who dance a deadly ballet until their power is negated by snowflakes, which are also presented in human form. Mm. The two acrobatic snowflakes dangle high above the stage, suspended from computerized tracks, an effect used by other Oz inhabitants to fly above the stage and even over the audience. Wow. I don't think I knew that, that that is how that poppy sequence was done. Right. Also, Glinda's entrance is on a large star instead of a bubble. Okay. Worth noting. I'm here for that. This is where the gripes come up. <laughs> At times, the sense of fantasy is reduced through the compromises necessary to combine live actors with special effects. For example, it is disappointing to see Glinda unstrap a safety belt before descending from her star. <laughs> Strap it up again before being whisked <laughs> Strap away. Strap it up. I mean, I mean safety is very important. I get it. But yeah, she just says like, the acting is secondary to the spectacular staging mm. and the pre-recorded soundtrack and computerized special effects. So okay. she notes that too. But this is what's cool. She got to go to the press party before the premiere. Yes, Barbara. She said the food included fried chicken served in baskets like Dorothy's and ice cream served with cookies shaped like witch hats and slippers. I want that. It featured tables with Oz dolls and ruby sequin slippers filled with poppy arrangements. The room was decorated with a rainbow of balloons arching to the ceiling and a green cake replica of the Emerald City skyline. The soundtrack of the 1939 movie played continuously and the wizard himself, I guess from the show, performed tricks for each table. Oh, was it piglets out of his hat? 
Never. <laughs> Celebrities besides the wizard present included model Christy Brinkley and actress Susan Sarandon. Of course they were there. It literally gives you a number to call if you want to find out more Stop. about the tour. That's my favorite. It's 1989. Yep, when there's an actual number in there. But this is cool too. I did not know this. Wizard stage show used to honor New York's top school children. To kick off this new mm. stage version of The Wizard of Oz, 57 New York City school tr- children were honored by Mayor Edward Koch and City Board of Education Chancellor Richard R. Green and presented with certificates for excellence in brains, courage, and heart. <laughs> the students were selected by their principal Get or teacher it. as examples of these qualities. If you are listening and were one of these oh, children, please write into please us. Please write in. Do you still have your certificate? Is it framed on your wall? Because I want one. Well, here's the thing. How do I buy one on if eBay? If you are low on cash, we will. Purchase. Put that on the eat. We will we- not purchase. We- I was like, what, what I are will. you saying? I will purchase. <laughs> I was like, put it on the eBay's. The eBay's, baby. So it, it said that the what ceremony, the ceremony took place as a, at a special presentation at Radio City Music Hall on the day of the world premiere. Fantastic! Here's I wish we had freak. been there. Each student was also given a copy of The Wizard of Oz, donated by Scholastic oh, Books, stop. in Book which fair. we com- <laughs> we bow down to, and signed <laughs> by the mayor himself. Wow, this is a big deal. Yeah. What a day in these children's lives. He also proclaimed the day the Wizard of Oz Day in New York. Excuse me? Excuse me? Why aren't we celebrating that? So I guess that's March 22nd. All right. Y'all, March 22nd, 2022. That's Wizard of Oz Day in New York. What should we do? Does anyone remember this? Does anyone celebrate? Is this a real thing? Should we mark our calendars? I'm going to. Okay, I'm hosting a party. All right. So that's just some Oh my gosh, thank you for bringing those up. Thank you, Bomb Bugles. Bomb Bugles are... They're going to come back today, especially with this Canadian musical, which... It's really hard. Get ready. To find research. It's to find stuff on... As well as, as we're starting to... Put on our skates and scuffle <laughs> on out to that ice. On. Are you an ice skater? Yeah. <laughs> what do you know about me? I learned that you that you liked South Park at one time. So, I, you know, today okay. we're learning new things. Okay. So my parents are phenomenal winter athletes. Love like, them. Yeah, they do. They love the yeah. winter sports. They were um, both really good skiers. <laughs> they met skiing. They what? were presidents of a ski club together. Wow. They strapped those skis to my Athletic. feet as a three-year-old. And I said... Hell no. Hell no. And Get I, me out of the snow. I've always looked miserable in all, like, <laughs> photos for me in youth. If anything that was winter and sports, same thing with you ice skating. I was petrified of having things on my feet that, that felt uncontrollable. <laughs> that plates as That well. felt uncontrollable. Yes, yes, yes. It's not a fun feeling, and it definitely is. It can give you a little bit <laughs> of You're not good at fright. it. It is not a fun feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you go ice skating now as an oh. adult, like the Christmassy New York thing to do? I think the last time I went ice skating, no, that's not even true, because I was going to say, <laughs> didn't you have a party? I had a roller skating party. And I watched. And you watched. I was a grandma. I was you like, know no. What? I'll just sit and wave. I was like, wave. I'm just going to sit and wave. No, I think the last time I went skating may have been with my Annie cast. Oh, that's in 2017, fun. we went to, in Philadelphia, we were at the Walnut Street Theater. We went to the City Hall area, had a beautiful rink, and it, a lot of fun. I think it was Love a lot. That. Yeah, I think that was four years ago, I guess, because, you know, I haven't, I'm trying to think, like, where was I the other holiday seasons? <laughs> Patrick and Lockdown. I. Lockdown. Patrick, <laughs> third roommate husband, fun fact. Tell us. Had a gig for one holiday season as he was an ice, oh, wait, hold on, how do I phrase this? He was an ice guard at Bryant Park. What? So if you fell down at Bryant Park, he picked you up. Okay, didn't I'm Did you not know that? No, I'm learning everything about you. He did that. I want to say that was maybe the first year. That's really we were together. He picked you up. 
he would pick people up who fell down. That's he's, really sweet. He's a decent ice skater. You have so. to have some strength to be able to go skate and pick someone else who is struggling. He loved it. Off. It's like a workout. Ground. Yeah. A workout every day. His He also owns ice skates because he used to I do ice buy, hockey. I want to buy a pair because I love ice skating. And my mom used I'm to ice skate. I'm just not good at it. I'm, I, like competitively. I can't get my own skates. Like she will be a rental girl <laughs> i really i mostly just want them because they're i think they're really cool and old-fashioned and, it's and nostalgic. nice to break in your own skates because yeah, they are because like, they are very they can, uncomfortable they could feel like having like lead feet it, hurts. it just hurts it yeah. really, like you're gonna get bunions but i mean i have a fascination amateur skaters right here <laughs> yeah we like know everything about ice skating the okay? only thing i can maybe the only <laughs> trick i could maybe do or not trick like the only thing i tried to do is like going backwards going backwards that is i it. could do a little spin Nope. A little turn for you. Nope. But it looks very, it's like, if you, you know, get me off the rails, fluid. if you get me off the railings, you have won. That's amazing. Okay. It's a tricky skill. Well, all this being said. <laughs> all this being said, we are about to venture into the wonderful world of Oz on Ice. Well, here's the thing. Em and I both saw. We both saw this. This production as kids. This is so this exciting. is another like, well, we're going I back. I truly, since we, the day we started this podcast, I've been looking forward to this You've day. I'm very excited. I'm glad we're here, Em, for you. We've arrived. What is hard for us and listeners, this is where we're like, hey, phoning a friend because also I do feel naked without our friends Zoe and Joey here. I know. It's like we're on our I've really relied on them. I know. I was like, they fill in every gap. I know. If you have a single question about any timeline thing, they're like, we got it. Well, here's what I'm confused with them. Tell me. Is the pre 90s production of Wizard of Oz on Ice that we all know and love. There were. Other ice productions, I think right. starting as early as 1960. And Tara did something insane today. <laughs> so, okay, giving a shout out to the Wonderful Books of Oz. I have made quite a few purchases from the Wonderful Books of Oz. It is an yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing, like, used bookshop. They're great. For Oz collectibles and beyond. Mm-hmm. But, like, lots of antique possessions have souvenir programs, amazing stuff. So I was trying to research, and this was the first thing I found come up was a listing. And I bought it. <laughs> what is this? It's on sale for $29. So I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Um, I Because you know I love the souvenir programs. This is like the this only thing I want to collect. amazing. Okay. It's a British Wizard of Oz on ice, 1962. What? And a ticket stub. Ah, you're going to have a ticket movie, stub? Music UK. And it says here, just what? in the description, here's an interesting foreign Wizard of Oz item, a colorful program from a 1962 British Wizard of Oz, Tom Arnold's Adaptation on Ice, directed by Gerald Palmer. At the Empire Pool, Wembley, London. What? Um, production included songs by Feist Excuse from the MGM me? movie. What does that mean? I don't <laughs> understand what that means. Um, there's Not the, like, 2000s ban- band Feist. I don't know. <laughs> this can't be the same. No. Um, this is the same. <laughs> this cannot be. By Feist. It says it's in very good condition with light wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And some notes in pen on the back cover. I was like... Give us Sounds those good. notes. I love when there's there's a note. It probably tells you the day they saw it. I can't wait, though, to get this. I so, had no idea this existed. So let me just tell you what I have found, just because we'll get into our 
our crown, our you know, the crown jewel, the crown of jewel episode that is not jewel in concert. But we'll get into the main <laughs> the icy jewel, the main queen of this yes, episode. Yes. But okay, holiday on ice, which is an ice show that is it's still going, currently owned by Medusa Music Group, Medusa, um, a subsidiary of CTS Eventum. <laughs> sure. Europe's largest ticket distributor with its headquarters in Bremen, Germany. I hope I'm saying all of this right. But it was a U.S. Um, it was a, the company originated in the United States in hmm. December 1942. I'll just read this quickly. It was the brainchild of Emory Gilbert of Toledo, Ohio, an engineer and builder who created a portable ice rink. I love mm, people like this. Fun. He took his idea of a traveling show to Morris Chalfin, a Minneapolis executive who supplied the financing. Oh, where are you, Morris? Can you sponsor us? <laughs> yes. And George Tyson, who used his theatrical background to create the show. So they were like, money, Use that theatrical theater, background. ice. Let's do this. So oh, the touring things. show would make its first international trip to Mexico in 1947. But they would just cook up different um, theme experiences on ice. Um, mm. Won't go too much more into their history because it's it would be off-roading so <laughs> wildly. I'm sure there's an episode from someone out there. I hope. Because I am very intrigued by this. Let me just share with you some of the show, show themes, themes from across Ooh, the year. Tell me, tell me. So Holidays on Ice USA goes up till 1984, starting in 1942. Okay. And then it goes it goes overseas for Holiday on Ice Europe, starting in 1950. So I guess we would end in the 80s, probably because things like Kenneth Feld. Mm-hmm is here, who we're going to get into, who's the producer yeah. of um, The Wizard of Oz and Ice and many other things. Yeah. So just to read what was happening here. <laughs> so we have, I mean, some of this is, is like, uh-oh. Um, yeah, i sure. The first winter holiday show was, the theme was gladiators. <laughs> gladiators. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's also one called Minstrels, which that is questionmark.com. white Candyland. Ooh. Ugh. Spanish dreams. Spanish dreams. Persian gypsy. Like, uh-oh. What? Um, faster on ice. Faster. Rhythmicana. I'm here for it. I'm here they for They sound that. like Cirque du Soleil shows. Storybook. fantasy. Interested. Girls. Holiday. Girls, 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 girls. But here's where we start to go now into a Broadway Ooh, transition in like 1962. Yes. We see Sleeping Beauty, Broadway. Um, there's like Americana, Blues Clock Waltz. Shop. So apparently they would feature um, Wizard of Oz in one of their tours. Wow. Oh, did not know this. I mean, I wish I could say more. I feel like I'm very um, shaky. Same. I don't know much of this history of ice shows. No, and I feel... I know they're a big... I don't like how I feel. Like, I want to be able to, like, speak eloquently about ice production. I can't. Like, I don't know how it works. That is a life goal of mine. No, but, like, you know, like, I want to sound like a newscaster in the ice world. It's like, they just did a triple sow cow. Oh, I can't even tell you what that is. Or when I watch the Olympics. Right. Like, I want to... they are like, her axle was just two degrees off or whatever it is. (laughs) You're like, like, what? what? How do you see this? I don't understand. So, yeah, this is the holiday on ice, but it's also Ice Capades 2 featured Oz. I found some souvenir programs. I also just feel like <laughs> I don't know where to go now into that. But just presencing wow. that Oz was on ice already. Before. Before we get this massive 90s production that was kind of just banking off of all these other things happening. Mm-hmm. We have to think, like, 1989 Arena Tour set the stage for this ice for production it. to happen. Because this was pretty big arenas as well. This yeah, is just not ice. a small... 
feet. Right. So this yeah. is having to fill a giant house. So mm-hmm. people were kind of getting into these Wizard of Oz traditions at this point yeah. with the 50th anniversary happening in 1989. Right. Just, it was kind All of yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm here for it. I would it. say it solidly went to about like the MSG tour is probably where we can put the cap on. A little cap. Ozmania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. That kind of, I think, I could safely say that I feel that that capped the 90s craze. The 90s Ozmania. Yeah. Our generation's craze of Oz. Bring it back. Because really, Em, like if we didn't have these experiences, again, I don't know if we'd be sitting down because it just kept cementing. Right. Bringing it back and back. Yeah. Well, and then us seeing some of these productions, you know, it kept it in our childhood and let us here today. A hundred. I'm obsessed with ice shows. I think I've, I think Wizard of Oz on ice is the only one I've seen. But after my research today, who wants to go to an ice show with me? Please. I was curious. I'm like, do they still have ice shows right now? Disney on ice, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. So just to presence where they're at right now. Feld Entertainment, our producers, we'll get into them more. Um, And we're lucky we both have souvenir programs from from this production. Sadly, not my original one. Not my original either, but we can resource those as well. But just to put out that they're still active and around. They're also reviving Ringling Brothers. They're going to bring that (gasps) back in 2023. No animals. That no is animals. a big, important thing to mark. They actually took, I, from what I'm seeing, they took the criticism pretty well. We'll get into that a little bit of their, um, you know. Animal treatment. Yeah. Um, and they will not be working with animals anymore. I think that's good. Okay. I mean, I'm not an expert in this. Just from what I'm reading, I could be wrong. Right. Maybe I'm missing things. But it says here, they still have Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, The Greatest Show on Earth, Disney so cool. on Ice, yes. Marvel Universe Live. And this Wild. site, I will say, is 2019 is kind of where it stops right. recording well, things because of the pandemic. About 2021, right. 2022, what's happening? Right, Monster Jam. I'm here for Jurassic World Live Tour. Yes. I just want to say Sesame Street Live. They also have now Disney Live. And this was direct competition with Pips Island. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. The Trolls experience. The Trolls experience. Was, was it at MSG? No, it was another kind of walkthrough experience. Oh, okay. That people would come into Pips Island and be like, yeah, we just saw Trolls. You're right. You're right. I remember they this. They were happening I was going to go and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't I don't go. Know. I, I wanted to go too because we were getting compared to it so often. You're like, I may as well go check it out. But we would kind of get, we were more of the like, um, I don't want to. I feel like I'm going to be like tooting Pips Island's tour. No, in a I way. can toot it for you. But it was Pips Island was more legit, theatrically legit, theatrically legit. I guess is the best way to ex- legit yeah. in terms of like adhering to theatrical conventions. Yes. Um, Whereas this feels a little Trolls more was, touristy, perhaps. I think like also more. Yeah, it feels like more like you're in a parade. Yes, like the parade has a, a pit stop for you to go to. <laughs> it feels you know like I mean? the M M&M and M store. It feels like something where it's like, yes. ooh, you have to go yes. do this Times Square esque yeah. thing that That's is fun it and it's good quality. I would say but, Trolls Experience is a Times Square experience. It's exactly good job, Times Square Witch. I'm the Times Square Witch. Okay, I will exactly. take that title. They want your dollars. They have merch. <laughs> yes, you know and it's I mean? gonna you're gonna have fun, but you'll probably spend more money than you want. And Pips is all about like recharging your spark recharging as a child, as an adult. Like yes. it was a family experience. Definitely more like story through line. Yes. Yeah. So, but just thought that was funny because I was like, oh my I god, wish I wish I had gone. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of sad. Oh, last thing to say before we go in. Before you get to live your dreams. I'm just... Oh. This will be going on our Instagram. Tara has merch stuff pulled up. Oh, my god! This will be going on our Instagram. Oh! The Wizard of Oz Ice Capades purse. There's a purse. 
that I that found is very, online. like, old-fashioned looking. If anyone knows where this exists, <laughs> I will pay no more than $50. <laughs> we have a cap. We no, have I a budget. I can't even afford that right now since I just bought this, this program. But, um... <laughs> I can't with that. Wild. If we don't own this, this bag so at some point in our life, I we're doing I see myself being like an 82-year-old woman walking on the Upper West Side carrying this bag. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm projecting it into my future. It'll be on the Instagram. Keep your eyes peeled because wow. it's just adorbs. Well, here's another this thing I so found. so fun. Lynn Finnegan. Lynn Finnegan. And Joe Marshall, Wizard of Oz, 1961 Ice Capades, 21st edition. He's he's in full scarecrow yeah, mask can he costume. See? Can he see? I don't That's... know. How do you skate with that mask and on? She's giving me Shirley Temple's yes. classic red polka dot, polka dot dress. dress vibes mm-hmm. as Dorothy. 1961. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this name. has been, I, I was going to say, I bet there's more Oz on Ice productions before the 90s version that we just don't know about. I know. So tell, you know? right in. Joey, Zoe, where are you? <laughs> Everyone, downloadybp at gmail.com. DMs, come, to, come at us. Slide into them. Another thing I found. Yep. Did you find this? The, is this the Russian yeah. Oz on Ice? It this looks very looks cool. This current. This looks like it's they not still old tore at all. this. Um, are we going to go to Russia and see this? I think we so. We have a lot of overseas productions <laughs> to take note of. A lot of Oz, yeah, But it looks trips. like they also wrote their own music for this one. What is this... Wow, there's the like pictures, a giant tin man hanging from the ceiling. The field mice are on ice. Oh my, I mean, field mice on ice. There's zebras around the cowardly lion. Interesting. There are bumblebees around the tin man. <laughs> the backdrops are gorgeous. The backdrops are gorgeous. I don't Aww, know what we're looking at is here. It like, this does not. This is a country western. Yeah, this. Vibe. Okay, I don't, wow. I don't think that is Oz. I would pay to see I this. I think I went somewhere else. We could edit that out because <laughs> it's not there. So there's a I country don't know what that is. western looking <laughs> scene, like saloon. Is this like Emerald City? They're all in green. So you know what? It looks like it's a saloon Emerald City. A saloon they were like, Emerald City. They were like America. It looks Saloons. like it. This reminds me of um like Epcot's version of like, it's like Bush Gardens. <laughs> yeah, me. it feels very theme park esque. Okay, so we want to know more about this Wizard of Oz on Ice. It's by a renowned Italian no. illusionist. Starring renowned Italian illusionist. Giatano Trigiano. Thank you. That was okay. That was all right. I didn't do bad there. Starring contemporary, as Oz. A contemporary story. Favorite characters in a contemporary story. Unique Oz choreography and professional figure skating. Over 250,000 people attended Wait. it in Moscow. So, and I believe this company that does Wizard of Oz in Russia. This looks so cool. They are called they have, Ice Musical. They have a Snow Queen show. It, in the site, the website says 2017 to 2018. Which just could be the year they put the website up. I don't right. know if they're active. It's I also mean, we have the so cool. we have the English version coming at us, so it's translated for us. Right. Sinbad and the Princess Anna, Aladdin and Lord of Ooh, Fire. The Wizard of Oz. Now I'm like, do I become an ice show fan? <laughs> I'm telling you. People uh, write in. I will go to wherever ice uh, shows happen here in the city. We're not even into the crown, Julia. Okay. And let's. let's this is why I've been looking forward to this for let's years. Let's transition on over. Okay, I'm getting. I was out, born for this. I'm getting out my notes okay. of the televised adaptation. All right. All right. Should we um, get into it. Yeah. Tell me okay. your hopes and dreams. Here what do you, what do you need the people to go. know? So, <laughs> if you have not, if you have no idea what we're talking about, we are referencing our crown jewel, which is the Wizard of Oz on Ice, which is a touring, humongous ice production featuring professional ice skaters, set to music of the 1939 film. Yes, with dialogue provided by Bobby McFerrin and 
and uh and vocal. Shanice. Yeah. And vocals. Yeah, and Bobby McFerrin also provides vocals for every single character except Dorothy. Except Dorothy in the live version, but he kind of does Dorothy on the televised. Yes. So, version. so okay. that's gonna get muddy in a second. So <laughs> this was touring from 1995 to the year 2000. Yes. And there is our original touring production. Then there is a televised filmed version with different skaters. CBS 1996. 1996. That is condensed. Some different skaters. So, but some crossover, I would assume. Let me see. People I think who I, are like, I yes, sign me it. up for this contract. Oh, the, a, 19, a 1996 CBS television adaptation featured Osana Bayul as Dorothy. Obviously, we'll get into that. Yes. And Victor Petrenko. I know that name. I remember him. Famous. As the Scarecrow. They were mm-hmm. the only two I think they changed from the original cast. Okay, okay, cool. Right, because in our original tour, we had Jerry Campbell as Dorothy, who I remember her face. Yeah, I remember her face, too. And Andre Kirov as the Scarecrow. And there's also a making of the ice, Wizard of Oz on Ice, yes. which is on YouTube, which is narrated by Bobby McFerrin, and it's so incredible. Yes, and that has nothing to do with the televised adaptation. Right, that is a whole different So you get to see thing. both productions, which I'm very grateful for, because I, watching the televised one, I was like, I don't remember that. No. I remember them doing more, and I had yes. the cassette tapes. Did you have the cassette tapes? <sighs> no, I didn't. I just saw it once and live and got the program, and every single day, I want to say, I would get this program out and map. just pour over it. Yeah. And even my program that I have that I got off Etsy is different from the one I had, because I remember, does yours have, like, the costume renderings? I ha- I found a photo on, I believe it's the Oz Wiki. No, mine doesn't have that. That has, renderings. because that is what I would stare at every single day is, like, the renderings of the costumes that they were going to use oh, so for yours, it. Yours had the costume renderings. Mine had it, and it was so incredible. This one, the one I'm holding does not either. What I do remember is this magical map. The map is so fantastic. The map opens the souvenir program. They made their own map of Oz, and I used to stare at this as a child. Why is there a lake? Oh, yeah, I remember that page, too. Mm-hmm. Why is there a lake in the Emerald City? <laughs> I just think that's funny. Who knows? The they map. A lake. I would look at the map every day as well. And they added the a body of water, like a rambling river, to be the path to the Wicked Witch, mm-hmm. as opposed to having the Yellow Brook. It's pretty cool. They did Winky a nice river. a nice job with the sweet the sweet little map. This is so cute. So this is produced by the top of the program says Kenneth Feld presents. Yes. So Kenneth Feld is a big deal. So Kenneth is still around. He is yeah. the CEO of Feld Entertainment. Which he joined this company in 1970 after his father, Irvin, founded it in 1967 with the acquisition of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. So there is a lot under this umbrella of Feld Entertainment, which, uh, as you mentioned, they're bringing back Ringling Brothers, I believe. I mean, it says it closed in 2017. It did close officially. They have Disney on Ice. Many, many things we've already mentioned. Disney Live, Monster Jam, uh, Supercross Championship. Kenneth is also has produced several Broadway plays. Yeah. Uh, July 2006, inducted into the International Circus yes. Hall of Fame, Very which I would note. like to research more about that. January 2014, Forbes has reported that he has become a billionaire. Wow. And his... his- a lot of his family, family also works in this uh, organization. All his daughters are producers. They're all a part of it. Specific projects. Um, and I think he is actually the specific family member who he had the vision to 
incorporate Disney into this and bring Disney to yeah, families he made through that liaison connection. Walt right there. Disney's yeah. World on Ice, which has now been a partnership for over forty years. So Kenneth Feld is a huge wizard. Huge wizard, like. Yeah. I don't think this would be happening without him. No, I mean, he's the investor of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love this little article that is in the souvenir program on Kenneth There's Fields a lot of good articles Called in here. The Man Behind the Curtain. Mm-hmm. And he's very um, appreciative and just praising the people that he has surrounded himself with mm-hmm. on this project. Just to read a little bit from here, because... He's always been in love with Oz. He said the story of the Wizard of Oz deals with insecurities we all have. In the end, Dorothy and her friends find in themselves what they think they're lacking. Mm -hmm. It's an emotional odyssey audiences instantly connect with. Everywhere I travel, people know Oz and have their favorite parts. Its message is still relevant today. We agree. Um, And then, so he just talks about some of the people he worked with. Jerry Billick is an incredible director. Director. His experience in the field of large-scale live entertainment is unsurpassed. And Robin Cousins is a true Renaissance man whose talents are so varied. His choreography is fresh. I mean, I have so many comments on the choreography. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful and innovative. As for Bobby McFerrin, what can Bobby! I say? He has accomplished something that, frankly, we thought was impossible. Mm-hmm. Also commends the British production designer Mark Fisher. Mm-hmm. Not Mark Fisher Fitness of New York City. <laughs> As an architect, Mark understands the spatial dynamics of arenas. Leroy... Bennett's lighting design complements Mark's work by using the full surface of the ice to optimum advantage. Their rock and roll backgrounds bring a dynamic cutting edge. Yes. And lastly, he says Frank Krenz's costumes are pure fantasy, Mm. an exciting mix of the familiar and the unexpected because they would go back to the books. They went back to W.W. Denslow's original Mm -hmm. drawings to. Which you can tell. Yeah, to um, reimagine these costumes. Mm -hmm. So they weren't just basing everything off of. The MGM. Right. Which I appreciate. Always appreciate. And it gives a little bit about his past here, of course, too. Um, Him taking over the family business in 1984 at his father's passing when he was only 35. Wild. And expanding their horizons. This is when... um, 35. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, this is... And this is when they, I feel like, even picked up even bigger when he he took the reins. Right. he would go on to pro- to be the producer of Siegfried and Roy yeah. at the Mirage Hotel in Vegas. As we mentioned, Walt Disney's World on Ice. I didn't know he was a producer <gasps> for Big. Whoa. Which I, Turned I actually... Turned Big into a Broadway musical. I read in college, there's a whole book on the making of Big, so I'm sure... I bet he's in there. He is definitely in there. I mean, Big was... Everyone was anticipating it to yes, be the next the Broadway next. hit, and it Big. flopped. Big. It completely flopped. I did the musical as a kid. Really? It's I, don't, a, I know nothing about it. It's a Malpy and Shire, like, 90s relic. It's so... I'm obsessed with that. It's so 90s. Like, I don't think you could even try it. I think there was a revival not long ago off-Broadway that tried to update the score, I think, to sound a little bit more modern. Because okay. the story's lovely. I've actually never seen Big. Oh, it's it's Tom so Hanks. Sweet. Yeah, you should definitely gotta, see it. It's I gotta iconic. do it. So, yeah, I love that this kind of tells you a little bit about where he was at. Um, it's so sweet as well in here. It says, although he travels 500,000 miles a year, gosh. he is a devoted husband and father and an active member of Boston University's yeah. Board of Trustees. He donates a lot of money back yeah. to Boston University, which is beautiful. He seems like a stand-up guy from my research. It says that he would grab a seat to see Wizard of, Wizard of Oz on Ice often, too. He loved watching the show That's and really studying sweet. the reaction of a live audience with the show. <sighs> 
He feels like one of those people who yeah. is always working to make things better and yeah. improve. Like, you're never really done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was some controversy with Ringling Brothers. Um, yes. With the people for the ethical treatment of animals getting involved. Yeah. Because they were attacked appropriately so for how they were training their animals mm-hmm. and, like... Is that ethical? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there in my in a lot of my research with the Wizard of Oz production specifically, there's a lot of questions about Toto, which we'll get into. Yeah, but it it's almost as if like because even with some of the interviews with the skaters, especially yeah. Dorothy, um, Jerry Campbell, yeah, he had a trainer. Toto. They were very much like Toto is okay. We have like five different Totos that rotate. We have three in the show. At, like, there's three different Totos used throughout the show. He's only out there for a short period of time. We have a trainer. He like even in this program. I think they're like Toto loves, loves the cold. Yeah, but if you say that, you're stating it as fact. If you know what I mean, what if that's not true? Right. It feels a little bit like no, everything's fine. Like we don't want this to be a problem. It feels a little bit like they're on the defensive with it, or just trying to cross. Trying to yes, their, dot their teeth. Yeah, dot just, their teeth. Cross their teeth. Dot and their dot their eyes. eyes. Yeah, yes. just making sure. So I'm, you're all aware. Not surprised that later on there was with Ringling Brothers. I which think is it a was different. happening in the '90s too. Yes. I think this movement was on them protesting. Yeah, um, which makes sense. I did not do deep enough research to comment anymore. Right <laughs> on it for today. Right, but just. Sharing that's a part of their mm-hmm. their part past, of the, the their, their legacy. Yeah, yeah. At least they have made the adjustments now, and also I think Cir- that's important because of Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. They don't use animals. I think that also inspired them to bring back Ringling Brothers in a new approach, knowing you don't need to have animals to be considered a circus. I mean, circus. Right. For when I go to a circus, I think of the. I rather go for like acrobat, yeah, acrobatic or like than juggling animal. your Honestly, special skills. It is hard to watch animals being like. Have you seen uh, Have you seen the Rockettes, the Christmas spectacular? Oh Radio yeah, City? it was the Nativity scene. They have freaking camel mm-hmm. on stage, which is very amazing. But then there's also a part of you that's like, what is this camel doing in New York City? They have a giant <laughs> what storage area. I'm sure it's just a little strange. You're like, you don't belong up there. I know. I know. You belong outside. I don't know what my take is on this because even in my chess at three curriculum we have a circus in one of our stories and i'm always mm-hmm. like you know painting a circus for a child and like yeah. talking about the animals and how exciting it is and i and i now i'm thinking about that mm-hmm. like maybe i won't focus on the animals anymore in those stories mm-hmm. since it looks like now we are skewing away from animals animal presentations especially wild animals mm-hmm Animal, like, you know, I think that's the main difference. Some animals need us to survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's cool. Like, pets, like dogs and cats. Our and, domestic dogs and cats, yeah. And, you know, if you have a bunny, that bunny was going to be a meal for, some, for, someone, for someone. So it's like, you know, it's a little different for having sure. having pets. But these are yes. wild animals yeah. that definitely lose probably a part of who they are. When they join these, and like Go you read know, untamed by Glennon Doyle, I mean, she'll talk about a cheetah. A cheetah, <laughs> but I also see like the same thing. It's the same stuff that comes up with zoos and like I know it's a it's a 
I have not done enough research Me on either. it either. Like, I haven't watched any of the documentaries. Like, what is appropriate? I do. Because some animals also are on lands <laughs> that are not healthy at the moment. Yeah. That do need help. So, like, that what is the That wouldn't survive right, if they were survive. in the wild. If they're injured. I think re- rehabilitation, rehabilitation is lands important. are very important. But I do think there should be a re-release into the wild. But if, it is, like, some of them. If they would them, survive. If they would survive. Some of them may... Not survive like some, right away. You know, some animals I don't know. who are born at these places, it's like, should they go into the wild after being in their little tank at SeaWorld? Well, like, some of the, the SeaWorld is beyond sea is, problematic. Is we can't even go there. Like, that's in a whole level of problematic. They're right. actually disturbing and disgusting in what they do. They should not have anyone go to their parks. Right. I, I would protest them. They're right. awful. Um, right. But I think they do get a lot of protests. They do. Yeah. But they're still around. They're still around. Yeah. They're, and, like, I know they've cut back and, like, what they do. Do, but it's still not enough and they uh, I don't know they that's just, a whole thing that's a whole other thing yeah but it is this stuff comes up when we're talking about like these big shows spectacle spectacle shows well that's what I was saying to you earlier was this Wizard of Oz on ice and just from what I'm learning about Kenneth Feld and mm-hmm. some of the reviews I've read about this yeah and Oz in general but specifically this production it feels very much like the most of American entertainment ideals. Mm-hmm. We want lighting. We mm. want really loud singing. We want harmonies. We want really glittery, colorful costumes. We want a huge arena. And I think Oz is just the perfect encapsulation of all, all of those, those things. things. So uh-huh. this has been so nostalgic for me to research this and to get this program again because I honestly think... I remember I was probably like five or six when I saw this, but it made a huge impact on me and my love of theater. Like I just have so many memories of actually seeing the show. Um, I remember what I wore. I wore this like faux fur, very fake fur, not real, um, like puffy winter white jacket that my mom put me in and like white pantyhose or stockings and like little white shoes, like ice, you know, inspired. And I remember walking up with my mom and then these two, like, teenage girls who I thought were so cool when you're, like, six just looked at me and were like, oh, my gosh. And I remember feeling really cool. So that's also a memory <laughs> that I associate with this. So I, it's just fun to go back and, and now dive deeper behind the inspiration of this production and how it's influenced my love of like glittery gaudy Times Square. I think it all connects. Oh my gosh, you know? you're hilarious. Yeah. Because I mean, the merch I was just also, gonna say the merch. It helps this is capitalism at its I finest. Mean, it is cap they had everything. They had <clears throat> dolls, hats, cups, t shirts, wands, figurines, jewelry, mm-hmm. magnets, keychains. Keychains well, that people buckets. still collect now. Yes. Watches, plush toys, stationary sets, giant pens, programs, <laughs> crayons, coloring books, swords, swords. towels. Like you just name it. They, they made they a had, soundtrack. Okay, here's a confession because I lied last week. Tell me. I don't think it was Jewel singing Jitterbug. Right, right, right. I believe it was. Lornia Wilkerson is who I remember from the recording. Mm-hmm. So she was a part of, I believe it was called uh, Voicestra. I don't know if I'm mm, saying that right either. Okay. It's Bobby McFerrin's like backup singers and choral cool. that, arrangements that he uses and sings right. with. So she was. he's a mentor of Yeah. Hers. She, he was big and he got yep. her this job. Yes, Bobby. But what's really cool that I did not know until today about Lernia, and I hope Ugh. I'm saying her name correctly yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, she understudied Stephanie Mills in the Broadway production of The Wiz. And I'm wondering Stop. if it was the 80s production. I, I doubt Perhaps. it was. Or the 90s. Perhaps. Or the be- yeah. yeah, maybe it was. I mean, the Beacon was not considered the Broadway production. So maybe it was. Was the 80s yeah, production? 80s. 
Okay, put that in and the And then universe. start in the musical's national tour company. Yes. Okay. And she said, for Oz, I used the same voice I used on Broadway and tried to give the same feeling that Judy Garland mm. gave in the film. She definitely nails it. And I love her singing oh. on all of these songs. It's beautiful. She's kind of got a Disney princess mm-hmm. feel about yeah, her. Yeah, she does. She does. As Dorothy. Um, mm. And it's beautiful that all the voice actors, Lornia and Bobby, are both black. Yeah. And I that that's so cool. That is something that, we, you know, we were not really seeing a ton of diversity yet. The 90s is like... It's a an very hit time. or miss time. Yeah, so just noting that as well. Um, yeah. Since Wizard of Oz is still, like, it's what we're still seeing is Wizard of Oz is extremely white when it's Wizard of Oz and black when it's The Wiz and not yet many crossovers. I mm-hmm. never think white people should ever be in The Wiz. No. Uh, there were white people in the La Jolla production. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, in Leeds. I think Adipearl is white, which okay. I'm like, what? Why? 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 Why do we need that? Maybe you an know? ensemble member. Kind of like, I guess, what Hamilton Like a Hamilton thing situation. where it's like, here's one. Maybe mm-hmm. an ensemble member. Um, I guess it's just like, why are you doing, you know, what is right. the motivation? But Wizard of Oz, I think the MGM can have so much room for diversity I mean, in so many ways. Bobby McFerrin is like the perfect person. As I think you mentioned, Ken- maybe Kenneth said, like, we yeah. didn't think this would be possible. If you don't know who Bobby McFerrin is, you know, don't, uh, don't worry, be happy. Yeah. Which he wrote, that was his, like, number one hit in 1988, honored at the 1989 Grammys. He's really known for scat singing, doing vocal impressions of percussive instruments. Um, He has a whole album where he, it's just his voice. Yeah. To where he shows how he sort of goes about creating these, like, layered acapella vocal He has the audience jump in sometimes with him. He'll have the audience take... Yeah. A percussive sound I or a vowel it. that they repeat. I like it may would be. want to be in a music class of his. Oh, so fun. And I also love just like a little mini deep dive. His first recorded album came out when he was 31, which love is that. cool. Like he's an icon and um I just think that's so so awesome. A little tidbit that I did not know and that sort of changed my view of this history in 1988, um after Don't Worry Be Happy became a basically international success. Yeah, international success. Um, the song was used as the official campaign song for another president we mentioned in our last episode, George H.W. Bush, Ugh. in the 1988 U.S. presidential election without Bobby McFerrin's permission or endorsement. They always do that. Trump did the same thing, I think. Really? And whoever, I forget what it was. I hope I'm not miss. I'm speaking out of turn, but I think the same thing happened with Probably. the song for Trump. Yeah. Well, in reaction, Bobby publicly protested that use of his song and stated that he was going to vote against Bush. He also dropped the song from his own performance repertoire. So his number one, like, most closely associated wow. with him song, he had to be like, I'm not doing this anymore because now it's associated with something I don't believe in. He, Ew. That's un- that's really unfortunate. I know. I just – I wanted to presence that because yeah, that's that's, that's not fair. Um a little Oz co- connection. Um, I'm not sure what year this was. I believe it was before Oz on Ice. He performed at the PBS TV special Sing Out America with Judy Collins, and he sang a Wizard of Oz medley. Amazing. So cool. I think Oz has always been in his in life. In his life. Yeah. And he, I, I really want to do, like, a bigger deep dive on him because he also seems hilarious. Like, in 1989, he composed and performed the music for the Pixar short film Knickknack. And when at the end, like, I guess in the script, it said, blah, blah, blah. 
over the end credits for him to just improvise. Like they just were like, blah, 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 you improvise. But he, he, he was like, I'm going to make blah, blah, blah the lyrics. So he like scatted and improvised with the words, blah, blah, blah. So he took their like, <laughs> thank like, you for blah, not doing blah. any work. I'll um, I know. riff off the fact blah, that you blah, just. Blah. Like, I'm going to go listen. <laughs> he just seems really out of the box in the best possible ways. And he has this really cool skill set that really came in handy as he literally voices every single character. 53 p- people and Toto. That's wild. And I love the. Oh, uh, he has an eight minute. Yeah, the eight minute solo medley version. He's been doing forever. That's what that it is. That is so Wizard of Us. cool. He has that, which we will put on so the Instagram cool. if we can find it to share. Um, yeah, he said he never done anything like this before. So many Oz voices. He yeah. first said no to the said project. That? He had too his many kids. commitments, but it's because of his kids yeah. that he said, I'm going to do it. Which he mentions in the little making of behind the scenes yeah. videos. He's like, I always tell this story to my kids. Yeah. They want to hear all the voices. It's really, really sweet. So. Big, big fan of Bobby McFerrin, for sure. Also, next to this, um, his bio in the souvenir program, it says, join the show. <laughs> I know, um, that's my favorite part. So why don't you hit up Judy Thomas, artistic talent coordinator? She's oh currently gosh. located in Sarasota, Florida. Her phone number is 941-349-4848. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm okay. obsessed. There's should we be calling. should we be in this? I think so. It's still it's still happening apparently. Linda seemed like I could do that. She doesn't really she move does, too much. Yeah. So <laughs> Linda just skates on in. No, she's she that's hard though. She's like in a ball she's gown. She's in a ball gown she's while Miss Gulch rides in on a bicycle on skates, which I'm like, how does one gosh, it's like how things that like do I think the average human would just topple over. They are like professional. So yeah, I think we can't overstate that enough. These skaters are Olympian figure skaters. You know what I'm noticing, just from reading some of their bios, is that these are the folks who are like, you know what, competitive skating is not for me. Love that. They're like, I I would like to tell stories with skating. So it's a lot of folks who maybe did one one big, big something, thing. whatever it might be. If and it's like internationals, like, you know, yeah, I'm good. Some of, like a lot of them, I don't even think the Olympics were on their trajectory. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They rather just be like in in these kinds of productions, making their living as an ice skater. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting to note too that the competitive skating scene is kind of not a part of a lot of their plans. I would be very curious, like in the skating world. The vocal artistry, featuring the vocal artistry of Bobby McFerrin. Vocal artistry. As just about Thank everybody you. and Toto too. That's exactly <laughs> just about everybody. what it says in uh, the and headline. And it's like in a square. Like they, they, they like underlined everything of Bobby. Oh, I love um, that. They're like, but we don't want you to sing somewhere the rainbow. We have to keep that. That has to be grounded. legit, which I <laughs> yes. love. But I would be curious, like I know in the world of gymnastics, there's like competitive gymnasts. Then there's, like, the college world. Then there's the Olympic world. I wonder in the world of skating, like, if there's any... Obviously, to us, I appreciate these ice skaters, like, using figure skating for artistry. But I wonder if there is this, like, oh, you sold out or something, you know? I'd be curious. Curious to hear, like, what the industry talk... The industry talk, just because it's always fascinating. I mean, I'm sure the Olympics... Is probably so like the Broadway <laughs> right. of of the ice world. Like, did you perform perform in the Olympics? <laughs> did you compete in the Olympics? Right? I'm sure like, that's what one. my like 
you know, um, outside view, outside view would be that that would be the top. But I would want to do this. I'd be like, I want to go be in a cool costume. I and mean, just watching the rehearsals and that little mm-hmm. making up. So let's have our final comments on the touring production. Then we'll go into the televised production, which we were fortunate enough to rewatch and yeah. give you some thoughts and hot takes on. Yeah. Well, originally you have Jerry Campbell, who is from Michigan, began skating at age five, uh, rose quickly to figure skating's highest echelons, com- competing in the United States National Championships for nine years. Yes, she plays Dorothy. She is Dorothy, member of the U.S. international team. 1991 left competitive skating to pursue coaching and choreography. But two years later, she won two gold medals. <laughs> at what? The Dorothy at Hamill? At the 1994 Dorothy Hamill crown. Dorothy Hamill was her mentor. Love that. She did a production... Um, of Cinderella that starred Dorothy mm-hmm. Hamill. So that's something that she kind of cut her teeth with in this musical to musical ice world. Um, world. And, you know, taking over this legacy of Dorothy mm. in Slipper Skates. Slipper Skates. She had worked with the amazing. choreographer Robin Cousins before. She I remember her. Mm-hmm. Interview with Skateguard, just that this was the hardest job yeah. she ever had. And she, they call it show skaters as a show skater. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's that the terminology right. for doing these kinds of lavish productions. Mm-hmm. She had an interview with Kenneth Feld personally before getting the role. This is a huge moment for her. I wonder how old she was. I she know. She said it was a huge challenge. Had to learn how to act on the ice, memorize two hours of dialogue. Because that's a lot. I want to note here, big difference between the televised production and this was they were speaking to the recordings. The televised production, it almost feels like. Inner thoughts yeah, happening. Yeah, it's, it's more so. Yeah, they're not really. And there's not a lot of dialogue. Lip syncing. Yeah, it's very. It's just, very. Um, it's it's very transitional only. Like, let's mm-hmm. just use some dialogue. It's mostly get Bobby us in and out narrating the, mm-hmm. to get us to the next big musical production. And they cut right. a lot. They cut a lot. Right. Um, yeah. And she said it took four months to really settle into the role. Also carrying Toto was a huge, a huge feat. She had <laughs> a dog sure. trainer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she, she worked with Robin and Cindy Stewart before, mm-hmm. too, so she had a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I remember her mentioning, she was like, I'm not, I think her and Oksana both mentioned, like, I'm not an actress. Like, this was tricky to have to yeah, sure. emote. I think that's a defining quality of this production is you're not just, like, out there skating. Like, you are emoting and you're acting, you're interacting with yeah. the other characters so I think that was, especially for the touring production, to like lip sync and have it all work together as if you are the actor as well, was a new thing for these performers yeah. who have mostly focused on physicality of skating. I love what it said in that amazing making of documentary that's available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But they were saying like, this is the first time Oz gets to glide mm. in its storytelling. And I think that's I that. a beautiful that's way so to look sweet. at it. The first time it gets to glide. Yeah. And also just getting to see the rehearsals. Like it's not how we rehearse as no. theater performers at all. <laughs> it's, it's very different. It's such a wild window into what just feels like such a skill. Like yeah. you have to be so skilled to just even be in the... Oh, ensemble! Like there's no. When one... I watch them twirl, I'm like, "How do you yeah, not break of, your leg every all single of them time?" Can do that. Like yeah. all of them twirl so beautifully, and watching that they have numbers like on their like they wear like jerseys almost, almost mm-hmm. like it reminded me of my basketball practice jerseys yes. that we would throw on yes. to identify who was playing on like what team. Mm-hmm. They have on different color like little like netted jerseys mm-hmm. with numbers that are probably like, "Oh, I go behind two if I'm number three. Like they have right. 
all these visual cues and rehearsals that help them get, I think, some of the formations mm-hmm. that we get to see. So that's pretty cool to see as someone, again, like, this is not my world. No. Like, I am just getting I to have comment no idea as a how spectator. They, how they make this work. Yeah. yeah. I do love one last little thing about our girl, Jerry. She really loved that Toto had this moment in the show <laughs> um, where he would race across the ice and then slide into header boards. Yes. And there would be the sound of a skidding car and then a loud cra- crash effect. And yeah. it would get a huge laugh. Yes. Um, and that's what she said made the tour special. It was like moments like that, that, the little tiny details that they were able to find. And it seems like she also was very close with the woman who played the witch, mm-hmm. Nancy Barber. Um, oh, just so amazing. I love that. Well, um, shall we get into what I'm considering the condensed milk production? The condensed milk production. The televised production. Yes. Now starring, which I wonder how this happened, how they were like, hey, Jerry, we're going to use Oksana Bayul. Well. Or was this ha- happening? No, because they used all the other same people, except I, Scarecrow. I read that this is from, there's a couple there's a, a couple good articles out there about the touring production. Excellent. Which goes more into, like, this cost $9 million. And okay. it mm-hmm. toured for apparently 40 weeks. And I believe Kenneth is actually noted as saying, uh, we, we will have to cast several famous skaters in the role of Dorothy in the course of the American tour because top skaters don't want to be tied down to a 40-week contract. So I guess that's more in terms of, like, longevity. So... I mean, maybe Jerry had to go do something else, but also it would be tricky because she originated this she to then not get to be a part of, right. She wasn't a name skater. Here's another, like here's another yeah. moment of that, of like, you have the name, so we're going to cast Oksana Bayou. I don't think she was asked. That's going to be yes. my, just, right. my, what I know of show business, which what I'm I know. sure Because I'm sure she would have said yes, even if she had oh another God, thing. It's the televised you know? on CBS production. Yeah. Of course she would have said yes. Yeah. I mean, we could be wrong. This is what my, just, just from what I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll own if we're completely wrong, if anyone knows differently. And you know what? We were saying, Jerry... Are you listening? We would like she you definitely our listens. Our slipper yeah. head on skates. There's some other moments where apparently, like she would all Jerry would always get asked, "Do you feel intimidated following in the legendary?" Everyone Judy always asks this red slippered footsteps. She says it was intimidating. Uh, I watched. But the did movie. Judy skate? Okay, Judy, right. Come on, <laughs> Jerry, you can do it. Um, but yeah, she just mentions like I didn't want to copy her, of course. Um, I think I remember hearing in that making of. All the creatives were like, we watched the movie once and just said, Bye. once, yeah. Bye. Apparently, like, we can't we can't use this as I mean, the floorboard. It's so different, right? Um, apparently, Jerry, the director, would come in and and work with the original cast, original skaters for six weeks in the beginning, just on facial expressions, body language, anything that had to do with acting. Jerry says that she would instead of just lip syncing her words, she would actually say them out loud. Ah, that's what I which do. I love. Tickets range from nine fifty to fifteen fifty. This is why we saw it. Okay, mom and dad, get it. <laughs> this is why I saw it. But now I'm intrigued. I know. Now I'm intrigued by Oksana Bayul, and oh, yeah. maybe perhaps why she okay. was cast. Oh, because she was huge, huge at the time. This was this was her year. Yeah. Um. She is fresh off of a gold medal mm-hmm. win at the um, Winter Olympics. Yeah. Her life is very tragic. There's a lot in her life. uh, It's very sad. So she was born in the Ukraine, 
Yes. Uh, in 1977. She became a 1993 world champion and the 1994 Olympic champion in ladies singles. She's the first and only skater representing the Ukraine to win gold at the Winter Olympics, which is pretty wild. And then she transplanted here after yeah. that because she wanted a career in skating. Yeah. So, yeah, growing up, I mean, her parents divorced when she was about two Ugh, years it's old. so sad. Um, just a lot of, like, family sadness. Her fam- her parents divorced. Her grandparents took her in. Her grandparents both passed relatively close. Like, she's, like... When she was 13. Yeah, it's like, this is all happening in, like, the prime years of development. Yeah. Her mother would her pass mother passed away. right after her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't want anything to do with her father for a while. Um, she lived with her coach, coach Stanislav Koratek. Wow. And I felt like it was her way of grief, I, oh just gosh. from, like, looking at this. Yeah. There was something, I don't remember where I read this, the fact that she had, like, she kind of trained, to in not great circumstances. Like, she had a really rough ice that she would be oh, training on. Oh, really? And they would applaud her being like, she won gold with not the same standards yeah 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 awarded to her as many of the other competing skaters like she was kind of coming from pain and coming from i am fighting for this yeah this place that's wild what do americans love we love stories we love stories like she was struggling struggling, and now we love her and then we're gonna find every way to tear her down now so yeah that's exactly what happened she would develop i mean do y'all just hear the traumas we just shared about her she had an alcohol problem, and yeah. I uh, completely understand why, why? because mm-hmm. she had a lot of horrifying traumas Trauma. happen to her in a very fragile identity time of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would – I remember this. I remember this completely, her being arrested for her DUI. January 1997. Oh, my God. I remember that being such a big This thing. happens a lot with people in the Olympics who, like, reach the top, top goal. This is also when, like, ice skaters were savage, like – Right. Like, Nancy, um, Nancy Kerrigan. This is like this around is that, that whole time. Thing. This is yes. like savage time. Well, did too. she compete against? She won over Nancy Kerrigan. I don't feel like we do this as much anymore with skaters. Like, they dominated the news yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't think it happens as much anymore. This is. Like says, Tara Lipinski coming out in the later 90s. Michelle Kwan. We don't Kwan. do it as much. Now it's the gymnasts. Yeah. The gymnasts but have taken 94, it. Yes. it says her victory against U.S. skater Nancy Kerrigan was one of the most watched sporting events in TV history. Yeah. She was just, you couldn't beat her. Yeah. She was so, so good. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Like, if you wanted the top ice skater of the day to do Dorothy, you did it. You got her. There she you is. Got her. Um, there she is. Which is pretty cool. I mean, she's beautiful in this. The choreography, because it feels very dance-y. Yes, that they it's do, gorgeous. They translate to ice is unbelievable. I think it has a very balletic inspiration. Yeah. But she has devoted a lot of her life to helping people out with alcohol addictions. I think that's where she's put some energy. But she is in retirement now. Mm -hmm. I don't think she is affiliated with anything in the ice world, like doesn't coach, doesn't choreograph. Because that seems to be a lot of the common... Yeah, the trajectory. Yeah, the common career path steps. But I think she has a daughter and a husband. And she's probably, like, you know... Just, like, living her life. (laughs) Wow, coming from like rigorous training yeah. yet again. It's like Kathy Rigby too. I know. When we talked about her, like yeah. this is very much Oksana's life. Yeah, and I believe she has been interviewed and says she's been sober yes, and being yes. sober is more important than Olympic this. gold. Yeah. 100. So she's one of those people that I'm like, you're amazing. You face so much. You accomplish these crazy things. You deserve to rest, you know. Rest now. But she's rest. <laughs> she's gorgeous in this. She's our blonde Dorothy. 
Yes. <laughs> she's got um, these like 90s pigtails. Floofy, yeah, floofy, floofy. bangs. Floofy. It looks bangs. almost 80s actually. Shall like, we big walk hair. through the, the production? Yeah. Okay. Yep, let's do it. Why is Bobby McFerrin at Frontierland Disney? At <laughs> he the top really of this? is. He is. It's so funny. They have him in like some it's so eclectic cute. set, like attic. He look. It looks like an attic. I want to go explore. Yeah, like it has little props. It's very staged. Yes, it's story time with Bobby. Ba- yeah, barnyard feel to yeah. it. It changes throughout his like little does, yeah. corner of the world that he's narrating from changes yes. without. But of course, Bobby will. Also walk into Oz and be a part of this production. Which is so funny. Also, can we talk about Somewhere of the Rainbow? Let's just get into it. It's gorgeous. Because we open, there's really no dialogue. Like, again, dialogue is so little. Which is different from the original, because in my my program, we get Professor Marvel. We get more of, like... We get all the scenes. That actual scene. And what's so sweet in the souvenir program, they kind of walk you through, like, their version, Uh their... Adaptation of the story, it's all written out, which I wonder if any of this was used as direct dialogue for Bobby in some of the narration here. But this Somewhere Over the Rainbow, it's gorgeous. to me, is Beauty and the Beast credits Somewhere Over the <laughs> it Rainbow. It is. It is. That is what Would we was Would you like to hear in, a little clip? Please. And this is a new singer has been brought in for this as well. Her name was Shanice. Um, Shanice Lorraine Wilson Knox, but she was known simply as Shanice, is an American singer, songwriter, actress, and dancer. She had the Billboard hit singles I Love Your Smile and Silent Prayer in 1991 and Saving Forever for You. Hmm. I wonder what that's about in 1993. (laughs) And then in 1999, she would record another hit song, When I Close My Eyes, that would peak on number 12 on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. She's recognized for her coloratura soprano voice and her ability to sing in the whistle register. Here she is. Land. (laughs) Yes. Clouds. Black trench coat. I love it. Arms. Lots of armography. Shrug why. This is, please Sana go watch this video. It's radiant so on her knees now. Oh. Pretty. There's so many triple axles. Look at her expressive face. Her hair's blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind. Hugging herself. Oh my gosh, twirling. It's so good. It's those summer nights. It is. Annie it and ends, Sandy. It ends just like that. With wind blowing. Shanice is like at a Sears photo background with uh, with clouds. But she doesn't start there. She starts in like a recording studio. She's in a recording studio, yeah. Which yes. is just fantastic. I wrote like she falls off every end. I, the oh my god, when she sings place behind. The sun. It's like something crazy. I was like ridiculous. I'm obsessed. It's so she good. She sounds gorgeous on the verse intro, which is reinstated back into this production. I love it. There are slow-mo triple axles to be watched by Oksana as she's singing. Mm-hmm. Lots of flower petal arms from Oksana. Do you hear how I'm an ice? Flower petal. I'm really proud of you. Yes, you're I'm doing, a commentator. You're doing great. Um <laughs> I the the land you had it the sound clip up with the perfectly timed landing. I know it's out of so, her triple axle. I mean it's so oh beautiful. Oh, hug yourself, wind in the air. Yes. I know. <laughs> hug yourself, wind blowing through. And they they did um, put sepia tones to yes this, they did these opening scenes yes. for the televised production. But it definitely yes. just feels like a pantomime play on ice. Yeah, 
Yeah. The we get just a we get a brief little moment of Bobby introducing the storms. Yes. Which this this scene is gorge. I don't know how Miss Gulch, how does she ride a bike on skates? Please tell me. She ride Miss Gulch is riding a bike on skates. She also will transform into the witch into very the quickly and fly. Yep. Unless it's someone else. I know. It's a I bet it is. Performer. It might sure. be someone else. Yeah, she's wearing a mask. Yeah. But it's really cool. They have like these long poles with different objects yeah. hanging off of them for the tornado scene. A lot of skaters come out and just start twirling. So it looks like things are going. It's nuts. very cool. They cover yeah. the ground. And clouds and the light are nuts. Apparently, if you saw this live, they would. Oh, I forgot to say this. That sweet girl who wrote that Jewel concert, Christina. Yeah, she was there at the live showing. Uh, forgot to say that about her. Yes, Christina just came back up and do, back to the ice show. If you were there at the live ice show, they would put the lights on you too, so you yes, would feel a part. I remember that of the tornado. <gasps> That was probably my and first moment in the spotlight. Elevates the house, elevates it, and the flies. The house elevates and flies, and it's unreal. Like, well, it doesn't fly. The house has it has um, like a base. It has a base that pushes it that up, but you can't makes see it because it, it of looks the fog. like it's flying. Yeah, so much fog, y'all. So much fog. Dorothy's like, looking out of the window in the televised production, of course. Like yes. they do a, a few takes, a few of her, little yeah edits of her being inside of the house. Obviously, we would never see that as the witch uh, <laughs> transforms and now is on a broomstick flying. I wrote this is my favorite tornado interpretation. Yes, yeah. I mean it's really, it's really, really cool, inspiring. Yeah. The lights are just so cool. Love it. Then we have Galinda. With Linda a has silly arrived. voice by Bobby McFerrin. Um, He's so good. How does he do all he this? Does, this is when we start to get, like, tastes of, like, the varied ways he's going to represent all these characters. I mean, we yeah. get his Wicked Witch the most, probably, at the top so of this good. televised production, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. His cackle is fantastic. Um, Bobby's also one of our dream guests. We're putting that out there. Yeah, that we, we will have him on happen. talking about this, because it is a tour de force performance. Definitely. But Glinda comes through, like, a gate... It's just like a little, yeah, so the way the ice rink is laid out, it's just like pretty much bare, and then at the back, Puppies. there is a two-tier kind of stage to that, that they transform throughout as different sets, but it's, yeah, she just It stays of, as the poppies, right, though, for like a, quite a long time. For a long time, but then it like becomes the castle. Yes, and, yeah. but while we're on the yellow brick road, it's mostly it's a pretty flowery much, mm-hmm. We get the Heaven. we get the red shoes under the house, and she yeah you can't even see her skates. She's just gliding with her huge dress. Yeah, Glinda doesn't do any kind of um, <laughs> like tricks. She no, just she's is gliding. She's yeah. just gliding. Maybe about. we could play her for sure. It would still be a no. I can't balance. A, it would be a huge ass. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of cool Munchkins who are dressed as you mentioned in costumes inspired by the original illustrations. This is a huge production. Number. Lots of. Um, it's very similar to the MGM um, designs, just differently. Yeah. It's done differently. Yep. It looks like the munchkins each represent something. Like, I was just looking at the music note. Munchkin, oh my yeah. gosh. The coroner is Ichabob <laughs> Crane from Sleepy Hollow. He looks so cool. It's we have a mayor. Very, yeah, very interesting costume choices. We do have cuts here. We do not have anything from She Fell from a Star. Yeah. It really was a miracle. We go right into Ding Dong, mm-hmm. The Witch is Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the mayor. The mayor is like my the favorite mayor's great. part of this whole. We get the Lullaby League. Yeah, the Lullaby League is lovely, Lollipop but Guild. the Lollipop Guild throws down. <laughs> like, how are they running on ice? I don't know. They run on ice. I don't understand. Really don't know. Also, there's a sick drum in We Welcome You to Munchkin Land that I found to be very entertaining. <laughs> a sick drum. I love it. So fun. Um, if I, if, if we, if we get to ever talk to Jerry at any point, <laughs> just how, you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just me. How 
<laughs> How did the ice skate change happen? I, I know. know. Yeah, because in this televised version, it's it's a cut. televised. It's like, a cut. They just do they do television. I don't magic. remember. I know. I was. I'm assuming she hides at some point, and either they just put a little like cloth thing over yeah. the top, but. In this one, it's very edited. <laughs> very edited. Very and edited. There's, and the, then the Yellow Brook Road appears. It's a beautiful lighting pattern on, yeah, on yeah. the ice. We haven't even talked about Toto. Like, Toto's a true champ. They're Toto, apparently, this... in all the reviews I read, it was like, Toto steals the show. Yeah. Because all the kids I are like, Toto. there's a dog. On yeah. ice. Yeah. But I never... Running around. I would never catch that they even have, like, three dogs working per show. Like, they transition There's those a whole track listing out. for the dogs. Wow. So, yeah, I just remember loving Toto when I was yeah. a kid. Like, being right behind them on the Olympic Road. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we get into our friends, which they're all phenomenal. They're so good. They're all fabulous. The dance breaks are so impressive. They're intense. And each dance break for all... Are in, they're beyond impressive in the skill sets mm-hmm. that are on display, but they're also very playful. You're witnessing Dorothy become friends with the Scarecrow and the Tin Man joining their gang, and mm-hmm. then the Cowardly Lion Lion join their gang. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of fun moments. I love the Scarecrow and hers dance break. That's the highlight. Her the relationship with Dorothy and Scarecrow in this. Is probably where it's I romantic. fell in love. It's it's a little romantic. romantic. At the end, skipping ahead, they just they have a beautiful goodbye dance. It's longer than everyone else's. <laughs> yeah, it's way too. And long. I think this is where I fell in love with them as a pair. Even though there is not a romance in my mind, but <laughs> I mean, this definitely contributes this definitely contributes to the theory. To that the there theory. was a romance. This yes. ice this ice show <laughs> is guilty as charged. Guilty. So yeah, they I it, they have also this like sequence that happens every time like. She meets the friend. She sits down. They, they have a up, solo. They take up the entire ice the rink. The whole rink. Everyone does a triple axel. Everyone. Every single one. The Tin Man's trees are so cool. Yes, and like the we don't see the apple trees get to have their moment. They really get a moment. But it does. It did happen in the live production, yes, yes, which yes, we yes. know. I love that they do keep in the classic, um, the classic angular fall of the Tin Man, his little side-to-side mm, is yeah. in this staging. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great nod. Mm-hmm. Because that I thought the Tin Man, I think that was my favorite. It's always, we, we always, we, you gravitate towards the Scarecrow. I'm like, Tin Man is my Man. favorite. I love the weaving that they did. They had, like, this whole weave moment through each other's arms. And they, like, can't ca- keep up with him because he's, like, you know, <laughs> he's... He's he's got out his of control. Joints, uh, yeah, his joints lubricated. are loose, and he's just kind of flopping all over the place. <laughs> I love him. He's so cool. He's so cool. But I love and that Toto's they kept just in... there the whole time. It's actually impressive. Toto's just like I remember around. that when I saw it. How do they not? That, I just love that they did the classic fall. That just made me so I know, happy that to is see very, that. Very cool. Yeah. And then we go cut right to like lions, tigers, and bears. Of course, Bobby is narrating this entire it's so time fun. Mm-hmm. just to keep that in your mind. Yes. Um, the He's lions, and tigers, and bears. We get a front walk over lion, <laughs> who is—he's the only one mouthing his lyrics right. to his songs. I want to know that. Yeah, interesting. Which he probably because he's from the original company, so he's used to doing that. Right. So he's like, I got this. Yeah, he's like, I could do it. It's also, oh yes, looks on it when she smacks. We're watching it as we're speaking. As we're to speaking. You. When she smacks the lion, it is very elegant. <laughs> She does, like, a nice, beautiful spin out of the smack. This is Mark Richard Farrington as the Cowardly Lion. And who is the Tin Man? The Tin Man is Brent Frank. 
Amazing. And they are all in our souvenir program. We will include some screenshots of this so you could read their bios on our Instagram in case you are The bios are fantastic. Please. They're very funny. I love the the Glinda's. Hers is like, I never thought I'd be regal. (laughs) It's very funny. (laughs) Aw, so sweet. Yeah, she's she's very sweet. The only track that Em and I could do after 20 years of training. (laughs) Yes, I do need to get started on my training. So, oh, oh my gosh. The Cowardly Lion's back bend that he does. Y'all, okay, here, here it is. We're watching it right <laughs> I now. It up. He uh he bends at a 90, oh more than 90 degree angle. Back bend. Like and, crouching and to where his head is almost touching the ice. And then he like circles around the rink. And I don't know how he number one got down that low. Number two did this. Number three got back up. <laughs> Y'all, if he is at your wedding, you are <laughs> Losing limbo to him. You are losing. He's at your wedding. I'm inviting him to my non So he, so he could do the limbo. It's insane, and they do a beautiful. So um, we're off to see the wizard iconic. with all of the friends now united, and it's yeah. they do our classic skipping. I love it. In skates in that pretty yellow road light. We transition to Bobby and his crystal ball. He's so cute. Now, really yeah, cool. his set is changing like his a little bit. His set is bit. changing. It's like whatever props they've taken off the They're ice, like, they go to Bobby. This, yeah, They're like, here, here, you're the prop. You sit on the props. <laughs> the poppy music I remember listening to over and over again on my little cassette tape. The poppy music is is new music for them. Yes. I've never heard this before. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. Can you play a clip of yep. some of the poppy music just because it is very different than anything we have Wait heard? It's so pretty. These it costumes is, are my favorite. It is Christmas. I'm a rocket. Snow is falling. Welcome to Christmas. Should we cover this for our desk concert? Speaking of which, we just made a copy <laughs> that is available on our Patreon. Marketing. <laughs> Promo. We didn't use this music, but we should have. We should have. This the, feels like the Rockettes are on ice skates. It does. The <laughs> costumes, I, this is my probably my favorite one they have like these beautiful tulle red sparkly skirt that's attached to this like the nude you like unitard top that has green sparkly leaves yes going from the neck on down with these this beautiful hat with like jewels springing out from the top it's like a uh, a top it's like a top of a sunflower almost crown like it's it's supposed to be what is that part called of the flower the petals we're doing great. The stem? It's like, it's like the yeah, center it's, it's of the It's the center flower. of the flower yeah. is on their head. Yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I so love good. it. So good. That's a beautiful moment. It's also just so uniquely theirs. Yes. No one else no has one done else the has poppies done like that, yeah. which is always yeah. good. And then we get to Our Emerald's. Wicked Witch. Oh, yeah. The Wicked Witch is there, of course. Has Bobby voiceover. They fall asleep. I feel like she's placed maybe several feet away from where Bobby is, like, narrating yes. from, and she has her own little corner, too, to do some, like, <laughs> dramatic yeah. effects with her crystal ball. Glinda makes it snow, baby. Oh, yeah, and they cut a huge portion of this for the televised production. There is no snow duet. Right, there was a whole, yeah, A snow ballet, oh, can like, on ice. I tell you, Olga... Olga and Hunter... Olga and Hunter. ...are the pair they're team... They're a pair team. ...that were involved in this. I believe they're the same as the televised production. I oh, believe it's the gosh. same. Oh, my gosh. But they don't get, like, their big moment. They're in the... They do the jitterbug. Yeah. They the do the jitterbug production. later, but earlier in the tour, they had, like, this big snow, gorgeous costume moment. Yes. So, so cool. Love it. And then we get to Emerald City. Emerald City feels like 
parade merry old land <laughs> it is but these costumes they're gorgeous are my favorite they're they all have an oz a unique oz mm-hmm. logo mm-hmm. stitched in somewhere mm-hmm. unless like you're in like a gown gown mm-hmm. but if you're in more um casual wear which feels like their casual wear reminds me of like a horse jockey or yeah, you know what I mean. Like it has. It's a, it is inspired. Feels inspired by. Yeah, that, yeah. there is this beautiful OZ <laughs> logo. Yeah, it's awesome. They have their whole brush up company moment. This kind of reminds me of the costumes in Wicked. I was just going to say that yeah. it feels like that. It's like I would wear this, but what is this? What's happening? The women have crazy ass hats. Crazy hats. <laughs> it's so good, it, and everyone has their own costume just Mm -hmm. like they did in munchkin land too which is pretty great also we didn't note this the munchkins are all full-sized humans which i you know i don't it is what it is yeah not often do you see that happen in productions of oz like i well i feel like usually it's kids yes not too often little people little people cast i would say it's usually children but i don't think i've seen many productions where it's full-size humans as munchkins have you right the whiz is always adults yeah i would say the whiz usually keeps the adult ensemble as it right it's an interesting conversation to be had yeah i don't know how i feel about it and i also understand like wanting to have the ensemble do as much as possible mm-hmm. right like but i also see parts. like a lack of representation for people who are um to identify as a little person yes so I don't know. Exactly. Another question mark to be had here. Yeah. Asana's hair comes down in there. Her City. hair comes down, baby. It it's like this half up, half down. down. And she <laughs> looks look. cute. But then everything is ruined. Why am? Surrender, Dorothy. And the witch is flying again. Not I remember skating. this. I remember this, too. This is the moment I remember. I remember being like, this is amazing. This is, this is the, <laughs> it was magic to me. She I, flew. I think I actually thought she was flying. She flew overhead. She flew with, with her Surrender Dorothy banner. She was like a Nathan hot dog ad <laughs> at Coney Island. She was a blimp. Yeah, she was a little yeah, blimp. Like advertising. Yeah, she's like Surrender Dorothy. It's so good. You're right. I remember this moment really, really well. And then that takes us right into a very short scene. Very short throne room. Very short throne room. With, I personally really like the wizard's head. I do. I just don't need the turban. You're right. Exactly I like right. the head though. The it's head great. is very, very cool. It's well made, right. we and I love that. how later it doubles up as "That's my balloon." Genius. I know, isn't that genius? Genius. I'm telling you, he had he knew Kenneth Feld knew about Disney on Ice. He was like, "Reuse some things. Reuse what can Let's we make?" And it. it just works. It was yeah. such an excellent, like, cost-effective choice. Yes. But it, all, it, it works, like, as an idea, too, that he would use this, what he already this has. head that he already had to become... That's actually very genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's make it work. Make it work. he hides behind. Yep. Haunted forest time. Haunted forest, y'all. I'd turn back if I were you. Bobby is narrating in this fierce green yeah, he's, coat. <laughs> he's getting ready. He is preparing... <laughs> And he, so Bobby in this version yes. sings Jitterbug. Does all the voices. Without any music. I believe it's just him layering. Layering on Percussive him. elements. And it's so good. We also have to note, he does throughout, like, all the If I Only songs, he he will do the, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yes, he, he does all those. Add in That's vocals, like, too. feels like a very special skill of his. Yeah, it's, he peppered this in a way that does make this musical, the musical, um, soundtrack to this it just sticks out because yeah. it's so different than anything else yeah 
But this jitterbug is a really cool. It's a cool take. We have our duo back. They're flying they are fierce. They look like caterpillars. They do. I kind of love this costume. Exotic caterpillars. I really, I do miss in the original tour the, the jitterbug. I think there are more. They're like they're butterfly like caterpillars. Butterfly bugs. Caterpillars. They're caterpillars. Yeah, they're like, become they're like caterpillar butterflies who are stuck. It's pretty as cool. Both. I really, really like it. I like their interpretation of the jitterbug. Yeah. Because that feels very Aussie. Like that's what an Oz bug would look would like. Would look like. It's and colorful. One that would want to dance too. Mm hmm. Very cool. Jitterbug is awesome. We love it. Oh, and I remember the next thing that's about to happen very vividly as well. Flying monkey. I remember Dorothy getting onto that monkey chair. Oh, it's a and monkey going, chair. And going into the air. It's a monkey chair, y'all. I was like, where is she going? What's happening? But the, oh my it gosh, the flying monkey scene is so well done. They take it's off great. our friends. They skate away our friends and fly Dorothy. Yes. Up and out. So she's, and then while they're doing this, they're transitioning the set oh. over to this epic the castle. castle. I remember this very well as well. I would have loved to have gone on that side because it know. was so It looks very intricate. Detailed. Yeah. It looked like a maze to yeah. walk. With this Super huge cool. red hourglass. In the televised production, the Winkies get a March of the Wooden Soldiers kind of moment. Yeah. Here, which is great, they have a, such a good nod to the film with having the Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, mm-hmm. and Tin Man that. join with Toto. And at the very the last shot we get is the Cowardly Lion's tail hanging out of his costume and Toto right behind him, which is the exact same shot we get in the film. So good. It's almost shot like for it, shot. <laughs> it gave me a chill when I yes. saw it. Like that's the exact same shot. In I, such they a great did way. their research with this, I will say. Yeah, and they. This is why I think this ice production is really good. They do honor the movie in tiny little iconic ways. Yeah, but it's not a complete, like, we're copying every single thing. This is how you do it, honestly. If you're going to do any kind of reinterpretation of the MGM Oz, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can use that script and go completely away. Yeah. But But the honoring little moments is very, very cool. I think that there's a balance here. The Royal Shakespeare Company has taught us you can find your own voice in these characters, Mm -hmm. but... Know the moments you want to honor that from the MGM. people will feel cheated if you don't yeah. include them. I also love how much I wrote here. The Scarecrow sounds like Roger Rabbit, whose like, <laughs> Scarecrow voice just makes me think of Roger Rabbit I love instantly, that. which I love. That's funny. Well, in the Witch's Castle, Dorothy is chained up with her arms oh, chained. I, wrote, I was like, there's a chain um, on Oksana. Excuse me, Oksana, are you okay? That's a, something they kept from... The touring scary. production. Yeah, they have her in a giant that chain. That makes it so way scarier. actually enslaved. She, yes. she can't run. There's she no room for her leave. to go anywhere. Then, it was probably a really nice break for the girls who played Dorothy. Just oh, to, I'm sure. Just to be up just there for a little bit. Just to sit there for a second. Just to be up there for a little I don't even know if they were sitting. Were they standing? I can't remember. Who knows? We have this big moment yeah. with the witch where the Winkies have... Uh, her friends have come back. They've rescued her. They're, they're um, trying to escape the Winkies. And then, you know, the whole iconic fire on the broom moment, Dorothy actually does throw a little mini bucket of water. And I want to say this is the first time I maybe ever saw a melting, a trap door uh, on stage happen. And it was one of the most magical things I've ever seen. Made me fall in love with theater, probably. Oh, how her hat stays. Her hat stays. This is so well done, y'all. This is so well done. Let's change the game. Hey, Bobby. And the Bobby's back. Like, right after the witch melts, like, before it can get scary. I know. He's Bobby, like, I'm here again. Bobby has the broom. Everything's like, pops okay. behind it and is continuing the narration. Yes. The talking head balloon. Talking we're head find balloon. Out that it's a balloon. Yep. 
And they kind of skip us through this pretty quickly, but it's Bobby <laughs> as the, the wizard? wizard, which is awesome. That's not how obviously it was done. Bobby did not tour with this, but he no. quickly hands out. He's like, here steps. you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah, it's just like, let's He's get not this on skates. <laughs> he talks to them. They like pantomime act back to him. Yes. He leaves in his head balloon, which is so, so cool. Yeah. And of course, it's not, um, there's no cat down below. No. But Toto wants to go back to say goodbye again to the friends. Toto so Toto just moment. jumps down the stairs and she goes after and then the balloon yes. flies away. And oh my goodness, the goodbye. Glinda has her moment. big skating yeah, again. Glinda comes in and then we have this gorgeous this farewell. Is, this is my favorite part. Read what I wrote. Scarecrow love dance. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a photo in the program of Scarecrow and Dorothy that is so gorgeous, but it makes you be like, I want to fall in love. Because they're just, the way he stares at her, we have to post this photo. <laughs> it makes me cry. It's very, yeah, so she has little solo goodbyes with each friend. But the Scarecrows is the to longest, man's for sweet. sure. Lions is non-existent. And he, like, spins her for a second. <laughs> but he's, he's out. But Scarecrow is like, a pas de deux. Like, we are doing pas de deux. That's not right. Here it is. So we, we just, <laughs> um, we have it going right now. I will be putting this on There's on a the 90s Instagram. moment where, like, it slow, goes into slow, slow motion. Mo, and they're just spinning while he's holding her tight to his oh, body. Oh, gosh. It's a romance, y'all. I'm just going to say it. it. Just say it. This is not friendship. No. You're right. This is love. Then she leaves. <laughs> she walks away. He He's, like, frozen with, with sadness. He's frozen in and sadness. And she clicks her beautiful bedazzled skates. Three times. Spin, 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 spin. Cyclo, cyclo. She's holding Toto while spinning. This poor dog, is he okay? Oh my god, throwing up in my mouth as I watch this. <laughs> the poor Toto's probably like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? And it goes right to Bobby It after goes that. right to Bobby. We get a little narration moment. He's telling us what is about to happen. The skates are behind him. And she's back in Kansas. For an her epic finale. Epic finale, her ruby slipper skates are gone. I kind of liked that. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, she's skating in fog, and we get the end. And she ends on this, like, really very fancy side spin that goes on forever. And then it just (laughs) cuts off. Yep, and you're done. (laughs) You're done. When did this air? Do we have a date for this? I do have a date for this. This aired February 27th, 1996. Okay. Okay. So, oh, man. From Palmetto, Florida. (laughs) I saw that. President's Day weekend, maybe? That feels right. Somewhere around late. there. Yeah, I was like, this feels like it would have been a holiday thing, yeah. but it's not. It's, yeah. it's like later. It's like a winter. A winter extravaganza. A winter, a winter moment. Yeah. Wow. It's so good. I mean, um, do you feel complete? Will I mean, I'll ever, never feel complete. One little fun fact. Complete. Apparently, Kenneth was very intense with, like, authenticity. Mm-hmm. So in the original tour, Miss Gulch, Wicked Witch, did not get to bow. Because he felt it would be confusing for kids to see her again. Oh. So this poor... She did not get to she, have They her, should have changed her back to Miss Gold. I know. Or something. But they were like, we don't want to see her again. So sorry, Nancy. She was fine, I guess. She was like, whatever, I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, y'all. That's our, our little foray into the, the Wizard of Oz on ice. Which did use the Royal Shakespeare Company adaptation it as its base. Its base. Yeah. To take on to skates. So, so good. So good. I feel like I could have lived here more. I know. Maybe we'll revisit one day. But it's time to cross our border. The time has come. On May 17, 1900, the very first copies of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum were printed. 
Deemed one of America's first original fairy tales, the book has been adapted several times on the stage and screen. In the 120 years since the book was first published, 39 more official sequels were written, and The Land of Oz became the center of many films, scripts, and short stories, in and out of the canon. Join me, Justin Peavy, as I explore this iconic franchise, reading every book, taking a deep dive into some of the lesser-known installments, and comparing adaptations to their respective source material. The wonderful recap of Oz is now streaming on all major podcast platforms. For more info, you can follow me on social media at Oz Recap. so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end of the season Oz giveaways, Mm. including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL.